Jesus is Lord is also to say sin is not. To follow Jesus is to walk in high-handed rebellion against the devil. Make sense? That's, that's, that's like saying, if I'm going forward, I'm not going backwards. If I'm going with God, I'm not going with the enemy, the devil. Right? That's, 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 what, is, that's what we're about this morning. It's, it's going to be the whole uh, topic of discussion. So please interject. Feel free to ask. Because this is, it gets sometimes, there's going to be a couple of gritty spots, I'll try to warn you. But this is going to be interesting, I love this. And I believe that the same Spirit, the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that wraps us in heavenly peace and comfort, also beckons us, even commands us, to gear up with the armor of God. Right? So it's a good war, it's a good fight. The Christian fight is not just any battle, but it's the best battle that the world has ever known. It's the best war to be in. I'm glad I'm in this war. Hello? Because if I weren't, I would be floating and cruising right down the river, the wide and broad road that leads to destruction. Instead, I'm on a narrow one that leads to life. And few find it. And few go that way. And this is the few. That's why we... Well, that's not why we're a few this morning. But we are of the few. We are of the few. Jesus referred to the many and the few multiple times. I and you, I know we want to be a part of the few, right? That sounds like a funny thing. If I say that enough times, it's going to sound funny in my head. I want to be a few. Come on, guys. Somebody laugh at me or something this morning. I mean, it's kind of like one of those moments where you... It's a good battle. So let's do this. Let's settle in our minds that the Christian fight is a good fight. A really good fight. A truly good fight. Emphatically good fight. The war is fierce. And it is fierce. The battle is sometimes, it beats us down. It beats us down. It's where it almost feels like it's going to take us out. At our lowest, in fact, we could even feel moments of despair, discouragement, depression but even still we know that this war that we are in is a good war it's a good one and the fight that we're in is a really good fight so i'm going to encourage us this morning in many aspects first first this fight is so good it's so good that we and, and there's there's three reasons why i know this is a good fight one and the first one is this it's a good one because we know the outcome hello that's a good fight you ever you, uh how many of you, well, I, I can't say this anymore. We used, to, we used to say this thing that we'd have to, we'd pre-record, you know, shows or fights or, 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 or games or something, and we'd watch it, but we'd already know the outcome, and we would just want to watch it for pure entertainment, right? Now, everything is pre-recorded, everything. In fact, none of us watch commercials anymore, right? We, we watch stuff that's already been played or displayed, most of us do. Even when I'm watching, like, a good baseball game, Every, everything I watch it on is delayed about 30 seconds. So if I get on a certain device, I can find out what happened. It's going to happen that I'm going to watch in about 30 seconds. I torture myself that way. I don't know why. It's like, oh, I knew this, but then I go, oh, I got to watch it now. Anyway, but this is the deal. This is the deal. We know the outcome. Hello? 
we know that God is bringing victory. We know that God is victorious. Hello? We know this. Do we know this? You guys with me? Do you know this? Do you know that Jesus has won? Jesus is victorious. And I love just, there's so many places in the Bible. I'm just going to read one of them that is a, uh, it's just a good one. It's, um, you know, sometimes those passages in the Bible, they just, they just are, are good to chew on regularly, like on a constant basis. It never gets old. And Psalm 23, to me lately, has just gotten richer and deeper and more tasty and more flavorful and full of life and full of just this ah, essence of purity and godness that I can't seem to get. And every time I go to it in a, from a different aspect, or I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's right there all along, just like five, six verses, and it's so perfect. And it's this one. He says, you prepare a feast, 23 verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The only way that can happen is the enemy has been defeated. And they're sitting at the table as you are sitting at the table. So this is a, this is, they're there serving because they have been, the enemy is defeated. You prepare a feast for me. And it's not, you know, bragging and saying, aha, we beat you, you know, we're the champions. No, it's because God is the champion. And we're just saying, yes, we'll sit at your table and eat well because you have defeated the enemy. And you honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's victory. And from this place, we praise and we worship from victory. From victory. Hello? Just think about it. When we praise the Lord and worship God, we're praising Him for His goodness and worshiping Him for what He has done. Right? We pray about and ask about the things that we'll ask Him to do, but we worship from all that He has done. We worship Him because He, first of all, even created us, made us. And we worship Him because of His grace that He's given to us first before we ever could ever do anything to get right with God. He gave us grace. He gave us Jesus, right? I love that. And so that's why we are so, we, we are worshiping from that victory, knowing that Jesus is victorious. Hallelujah. And we praise him. And in those praise and worship, we are proclaiming and declaring Jesus as our victor who defeated our enemy, crushed the head of the snake. I love that. Crushed the head of the snake at the cross and overcame death at his resurrection. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is a good place. This is a good reason why it is a good fight. We know the outcome. We know the outcome. We stand with him. Amen? It's a good fight, secondly, because he has promised to strengthen us in the thickest parts of the battle. So listen to this. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged.
for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Oh, don't you love this? I think of this picture of, of Almighty God, Creator of all things, in His strongest hand, holding you and I victorious. And strengthening us to get through anything and pull us through and, and out of anything. I, I guess it's just a, uh, just a solid word of encouragement. God's mighty right hand can and will do anything and can and will provide and pull us through everything. Amen? There's nothing that his mighty right hand cannot do. His hand is not too short. And get, get this, this is awesome too. Remember the Lord showed me this a while back and, and, and it was so cool in, in that because he showed me just really clearly that he, and he said it this way, in me there is no empty. In his hand, there is no running out. There is no failing. There is no weakness. There is no shortness. In other words, it can go in into to any situation. Even the messes that you have made and I have made. That's awesome. That's the grace of God. Isn't that encouraging? Hello? That's super encouraging that his mighty right hand will hold you up and strengthen you. Strengthen me through the thickest part. And the thickest part sometimes, that's the parts that where we feel like, I just can't go any farther. I can't do it anymore. If there was a way, and Jesus understands this because he actually went there too. If there's a way that you could do it differently, would you do it differently? Please, Father, I'm asking you. And he even said, no, this cup I must drink. And so that's why I think that he understands. I don't, not just think it, I know it. That God in Christ, he understands us when we're going through times of despair. And that where it seems hopeless. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of us have been in these situations where it just seems like there's a hopelessness to it. Like where if I focus on and, and dwell on the situation, the circumstance, I'm thinking, how are we going to get through this? How is this going to actually come about? How can we even afford to take care of that? How is this going to happen? How is this going to, th this mess that's been made in this family, how is it ever going to get fixed? Because it just seems like it's hopeless. I, I run across those on a regular basis, not only in my life, but in my friends' lives, your lives. And I love that the fact that and the truth that in Christ all things are hopeful and his mighty right hand is victorious and he will bring us through it. Amen? Amen. Remember just sitting, I, I don't know how many men of God that have been sitting in their living room just with me and them and just, I don't know what to do anymore. I've made a mess of my family, I've made a mess of my life. I don't know what to do. They've given up on me. Are you going to give up on, my, on me too? I had to say no. Not because I'm a man that believes, but I'm a man that I know my God will never give up on you. And if you surrender and, and humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, it's He that will lift you up in His mighty right hand. And it's He that will carry you through this. It's He that will sustain you. And He will even restore you. 
and restore the thing that we have made a mess of. Isn't that good news? That's good news in everything and all things. And it's good news when we're dealing with and feeling like stuff is just heavy beyond our handling. Amen? We know this is a truth that God will always give us a little more than we can handle. Did you just hear what I just said? You probably heard it differently all your life. God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not biblical and that's not true. God will give you a little more than you can handle. Why? Because He needs you to need Him. He needs you to understand that you do need Him. Not that He needs to be needed. That sounded, that, that's not exactly how I wanted that to come out. He does not need to be needed. He needs you to understand that you need Him. Amen? And that's true. And when we think that we could do it all on our own, and I got this, you don't need them. And that's a scary place to be. I've seen a lot of good men say, I got this. I don't really need God and I don't need your advice. In fact, I don't even want it. Because I got this. That's why every time I counsel somebody, I say, you know, they'll call me and say, hey, I need, I need some thoughts. I need some your advice. Like, hey, you know something about me. You know that I'm a follower of Jesus. You know I'm a pastor. So when I come into your situation, when I come and I come into your room and I come into your, to your living room and I, you know, you come into my truck, because that's where I'll counsel a lot of people, let's go for a truck ride. It's like, you're going to hear one thing and you're going to hear that it's all in Jesus. I'll forewarn people, it's, it's about Jesus. It's gonna, I'm going to talk about Jesus, because that's it. It's all that really matters. Oh yeah, that's what I need. And like, okay, well then let's go. Let me reread that, Isaiah 41.10, because it's just so good, so rich. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Hallelujah. Third reason why this is a good fight. You guys still with me? Yeah, this is good stuff, huh? I'm still with me. I'm enjoying it. I like this. This is a good fight and worth every scar. Because we know that all who are in Christ will find peace, will find forgiveness, and will find restoration. Amen? We know that this is a good fight because we will find that which we actually need. Peace, forgiveness, and restoration. In Acts 3, verses 19 through 21, this is, uh, this is Peter... Peter speaking to the crowd and he says this now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away <laughs> the concept of our sins being wiped away to me it ought to blow your mind it blows my mind that God in Christ that God can actually do that he can wipe my sins away in Jesus that ought to cause something inside of me to say, wow, that's awesome. And I sure don't deserve it. It does. And then he says this, and then times of refreshment. I don't know why I like that, because I like that a lot. I think that's, but because I feel like I need that a lot. A time of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time 
Fourth, the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. See, this is why it's a good fight, and every scar is worth it, because we know that in the end, as we stick with and stay, to, stay stuck to Jesus, and that's what really, you know what the word believe in Jesus actually means? Hunter, let me ask you, what the word believe actually means? Yeah. Is, is, a, is, a, is a birthday quiz. Pop one at that. Okay, yeah, you can tap out. Tap out. Give it to Joey. See what Joey does. I, I mean, giving you a whole lot of hints and clues and, 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 and insights into this. Okay, let's see. Let's go on. Let's go. We're, 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 that's okay. To believe, if you, if you had an amplified version of the Bible, it would tell you right off the bat. Right, David? Yeah. What does it mean, then? <clears throat> Just the word when it says, believe in Jesus. Huh? You bet your life on it. You bet your life on it. You cl- it when you read the amplified version, Michael, I don't, well, you might not be able to pull it up, but that's okay. When it says, and you're reading the Bible, it says, all who believe in Christ shall be saved. It'll say those words. It'll say... Believe, cling to, follow, adhere to, stick to to the end. That's what it means to believe in Jesus. It's not just a simple head acknowledgement to say, yeah, I think he's there. I think he was there. I think maybe, yeah, uh, about 2,000 years ago, yeah, I think Jesus came around and did some stuff back then. I believe that. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an action. It's something that we cling to, follow, we adhere to, like grab a hold of. And I've always used the, the illustration like a like a like a, a, a mad pit bull. You guys know what a pit bull when it bites down, it does not let go until it is undone. No, it, it's 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 a scary thing, and I, and I've seen it happen. And a pit bull will not let go of its target until its target dies or it dies. So that's why they're scary to have. Anyway, that's my thoughts. But I know people, ah, whatever. But listen to this. But that's the, that's, the, that's the grip we need to have on Jesus until the restoration of all things. Amen? Amen. One more. Yes, David. Setting your life on isn't like Well, if you, if you say it, Everything. Yes. I'm giving it all to you. Um, I like how you put that. Betting your life on Jesus isn't like a gamble that like, oh, there's this, uh, maybe I, I'll win, you know, about 60, 40 chance that I'll, I'll, I'll win big. That's not what it's about. That's like similar to saying Jesus is one of those good credit cards that I keep in my pocket at all times. I can pull out and I can... You know, say, hey, I got this card. You'll accept that one, right? It, no, it's, it's, it's so much more than that. It's a, it's a complete commitment surrendering all things to him. So when we say we believe in Jesus, it is a actual commitment to give him everything and all in surrender. And I think a lot of people in the Bible, when that was presented, they understood that word. You know, our English language kind of diminishes and waters down and, you know... It, 
plays with words a little too much to where they don't have the full effect of the meaning that they intended to have. To say, I believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean as much today as it really is meant to mean as when it was written. And I, I believe as God means it to mean. Does that make sense? Kind of did to me, sort of. You get it, Hunter? Yeah. You believe in Jesus? Yeah. What's it mean? Stick with him. All right, there you go. That, that'll work. I like it. Okay, most of all, we're in a good fight. We're in a good fight. And I like this. This is I, I think this is the best part. Save the best for last. Because we fight under and we fight with and we fight for Christ. He is our great captain. Our fellow soldier who won us to himself by dying for us. We aren't fighting for victory, but from victory. We are assured of the outcome. Jesus is victorious, and he has promised to never leave our side. Never leave us. Never abandon us. Never forsake us. In Matthew 28, 8 through... Is that right? That's not right, is it, Michael? I think I put 8, but I think it's 18. Yeah, that's not right. I think it's 18 through 20. Okay, there you go. Sorry, that was my bad. I, I, my, 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 I typed my notes wrong. I didn't put a one. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven. I, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. I have been given all authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth. I don't know if we understand that because I don't know if we fully do unless the Holy, except by the Holy Spirit. But to understand that Jesus is primo top. There's none above him. There's none that can usurp him. There's none that can overpower him. There's none that can overrule him. He has been given all authority. In heaven and on earth. And he is our co-soldier. He is our co-heir. He is our captain. He's our commander-in-chief. And he is with you always to the very end. Oh, wait. he said I didn't say that yet. I didn't read that yet. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which we're going to have a baptism real soon with the young kids. Right, Kellen and McKenna? You, you. Baptized. Uh, that sounds like fun. Baptized! Whoop I don't know. Yeah. Keep to preaching, huh? Okay. <laughs> teach, these, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're in a good fight. And the good news is that Jesus has been given all authority and Jesus is with us. Man, there's no discouragement. There's no dismay. There's no hopelessness in that. There's only, yes, we got this in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So 
R.C. Ryle says this, that would anyone live the life of a Christian soldier? Let him abide in Christ. Get closer to Christ. Tighten his hold on Christ every day that he lives. So today, we march under the banner, Jesus is our commander-in-chief. Jesus is our commander-in-chief. So I'm going to spend the next... This is awesome. I, 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 this is where I actually wanted to go with all of this. And if you got the text, you'll, you'll understand this. Because I believe that there's a stance, there's a position that we take as soldiers, as in a battle, in this war. And this position is something that I believe it's even called a disposition. And it's Philippians 4.4. 4. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. See, joy in the Lord is our strength. Hello? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Real strength comes from real joy. I want to talk about real strength first. Have you ever met, seen, seen witness to, or somebody that looks really strong? I mean, like, stay puffed, like, you know, they go to the gym six hours a day, and they look really strong. I call them stay puffs. It seems like they blow up. Have you ever seen those guys, right? Gals, too, nowadays. But when they look really strong, is that real strength? I challenge this. I, I, I actually put this to the test multiple times, multiple times. Is the, uh, one day I was this is back when I was a uh, I was a, a laborer in construction and I weighed literally 155 pounds. There was a day I only weighed 155 pounds. Robin married me at that day, that weight, so I don't know. Now she gets double that. Not quite. But I I was a laborer on the construction site in in a. Um, but I, I ran fast, I moved fast, I, I carried a lot of weight, and, and Andy knows he was also a hod carrier at one point. He's called a hod carrier, man. These guys, this is the guy that, that, you know, this is a, it's not something you really choose. You kind of walk into it, and you start making decent money, and it's like, oh, that work is so hard, because you're always, everything you do is heavy, and you got to do it all really fast. you gotta, you got to be quick, you got to be fast, and everything's heavy. Everything weighs a lot. You know, sacks of cement are 94 pounds, exactly. A wheelbarrow weighs about 250 pounds, and you pull this up, and you empty out all this, this cement that you, and, it, and a hod, it's this, it's this V-shaped thing with a back on it, and you have it on a stand, that's what a hod is, it's your hod carrier, and, and it weighs about 150 pounds, and you put it on this rod, and it's on a rod, and, you, and, it, and then you grab it, and it's sitting here on your shoulder and you run up the ladder with it and dump it on the mud board. This is what I did like all day long. And, and I was really good at it, really fast at it. And I could, I could load those things up where they were super heavy because if I get put more in it, I'd have to it'd make less trips. So I would, I would, these things were heavy. But I'd run up the ladder with them. I had this like real strength. And it was something that I developed by doing this. It's called real strength. Well, these, these framers, this, uh, this, I don't, have I ever told you guys this story? Probably some of you. Anyway, uh, these, these framers, the carpenters, were working on the houses, and we, we were on this uh, uh, housing track, and they, they were stay puffs. They were, they were gym rats. They, 
And uh, they would always make fun of me because I was this skinny little runt guy that was always running around. And they were like, and they literally would. And, we, and I'd make fun of them for being, you know, puffy. And, and, and like, what happened? Did you guys get bit by a bee this morning? And it's like, oh, well. Anyway, we had a good relationship. So one day, he, they, they were like, yeah, that, that, that looks easy. I can do that. It's like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll load it up. Or you can take, take it up the ladder. Come on, quick. He needs it right, right away. And uh, like the first guy, the biggest guy, this guy was beefy, man. It's like, whoa. It's like, you know, he walked like this and stuff. Like, like anyway, so, so I loaded up normal, and he, he, he picks that thing up off the rack, and, and he's like, boom, boom, fell right back. I'm like, dude, you just made a mess now. You got to clean that up. He couldn't hold it for even, even one step up the ladder. Couldn't make it. Never even made it to the ladder. So the next guy's laughing at him, and I'm like, oh, gosh, this is frustrating. You guys are whatever. And, and so the next guy's like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. Just don't put so much in it. I'm like, okay, whatever. So sure enough, this guy grabs it, and he like grabs it. He's like, oh, I'm going to do it. He was determined, though. He wasn't as puffy as the other guy. But he was determined. I'm going to get up there. And he's like, one step. One step, one step, and he made it to the ladder, and he, oh, 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 finally he gets up there, and boom, and he like, barely makes it, and it was real, I was, me and the, the, the spider, we were laughing, I said, all right, whatever, guys, you guys are, you guys obviously see something in there that, you, you know, that they, basically they quit making fun of me, and so I loaded up, because now I'm behind, and I, I literally ran up the ladder with it, so what I came to the conclusion in way back when I was young is this thing called real strength. And, and it's not discounting or knocking, you know, forgive me if I was making fun of puffy gym rats, but, but it, 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 there's an obvious in it. There's multiple times I've run across them even picking up a couch, moving furniture, and they're like, ah, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. But you pick it up and you walk with it, right, Hunter? simple but there's real strength and fake strength and fake strength looks like it's strong but it's not real and see this is what I and when I when I realize what's what real strength actually is it's not used it's just it's just displayed to look strong and there's no there's no use in it there's no there's no practicality in it so here I, I felt like this is what the Lord showed me in what real strength actually looks like. And it's balance. It's balance. So I got a little can of beans. Because in real strength, there's balance. You're, there's balance in real strength. And you, catch me. Like, don't no, go with me here real quick. Because there's... It, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in real strength, there's real joy. So in joy of the Lord, we find balance. And that's where we find the real strength. Does that make sense? And that's what I want to go with this. Because here, let's say this. McKenna, come up here. Okay. I'm, I, I know I'm asking for trouble. I don't even know if I can get on it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, see if you can knock me off this. Oh. Okay, good job. Okay, how old are you, McKenna? An eight-year-old girl knocked me off what I was trying to balance on something. Now listen, 
when I try to balance on anything other than Jesus, an eight-year-old girl will knock you off. You hear that? When you try to balance your life on your, your financial portfolio, your relationships, your popularity, your political position, your, your, or whatever it is, your stance on anything but Jesus will be out of balance. You know how easy it is to knock you over. We can all testify to it, right? Whenever I put my strength and my balance on something other than Jesus, I get knocked around. But when I'm standing, come up here again. Okay, both of you. Kellen, come up here too. Okay, I'm standing on Jesus, and it's a rock. And I'm positioned with joy. Go ahead, try to knock me over. Push. She had some push, huh? Go, 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 go. I'm just pushing him. All right, okay, go sit down. Good job. You guys did good. You almost caught me there. Like, oh man, she's gonna ruin my ruin my illustration. <laughs> Actually, take me out. <laughs> if you were smart, you would have taken me low and you'd have taken me high. <laughs> that would have worked big time. Yeah. No, 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 no. Listen, joy is a disposition. It's a state of mind, and this is what I texted. It's also defined as an arrangement or placing as of truths. Oh, when I saw that in Webster, I was like, wait, what? A disposition of joy is where God, our commander-in-chief, places us perfectly right where he wants us, right where he needs you. There's nothing in this world, in this life, that is surprising him. He's not shocked by all that's going on. Like saying, oh man, what am I going to do about the Democrats? <laughs> ah, they just, they're blowing my mind. I can't, there's no answer for that. What am I going to do about this virus? What am I going to do about over there in Afghanistan? All of it stinks. And it's a bummer. And this stuff we're going through, and he, but he's not surprised. And he has placed you, positioned you as his ambassador, as joy in the Lord. And that's where we find our balance and our strength. And we say yes to all things that are good, all things that are Jesus. And when we say that and we declare that, yes, I'm going to, again, I started out this way. It's a declaration against the enemy, too. So it only makes sense. Let's do this real quick. If I'm trying to balance on something other than Jesus, and then we say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Dude, you're going to get your tail knocked over. We better be positioned, and in, in our stance needs to be joy, because joy is our strength. Joy is our strength where we, and real strength produces, it comes from real joy. And real joy produces real strength. Amen? And he has perfectly positioned you, perfectly placed you right where he wants you. If knowing that truth, does that change your disposition? Because it, now it's a state of mind. Do I focus on the stuff, the circumstances, 
Oh no, it's all bad. What are we going to do? I don't know. It's hopeless. We need to vote this in, vote that out, do this. Do that. And those are, those are good things we all need to be doing. But it's not what we're standing on. Hello? Was anybody shocked that our governor didn't get recalled? Not a bit. And, 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 I, wasn't so, and, I, and I, I was hoping, yes, but I, I was standing on Jesus still. I'm still standing on Jesus. I'm still standing on Jesus. When people in our church get COVID, when, when, when friends and family are confused and, and I see a family that's, that's falling apart and I, I still stand on Jesus. Let's do it together. Because our position in the battle is joy. And I think this is a place where he says to rejoice. Take joy in our salvation. Take joy in your salvation. One last point, and I think this is what Jesus needed to make at one point. It's not in my notes, but um, <clears throat> there was a time when Jesus was ministering and, and he gathered, he was, uh, um, the Holy Spirit wants to do this, so, so I think it's to kind of nail this down. A lot of followers came to, uh, to follow him. And so he sent out, um, I think it says 70, it says he sent out 70 to the nearby towns and villages to preach the gospel, to declare his kingdom has come, repentance of sins, healing for, for all of your ailments, cast out demons, see people set free. And they all came back with this wonderful news. That, and they were so excited, they all came back and said, wow, Jesus, this is great. Even the demons obey us in your name. And they were so excited about that. And Jesus had to stop them and put them in the proper place of the joy of their celebration and their exuberance over what was successful in their eyes. And he stopped them and he said, no. Don't rejoice over that. Don't take joy in the fact that demons obey you in my name. And I think there is a reason why he said that. Because guess what? Sometimes they don't. And then what? And then what? Oh man, I'm undone. Man, if that, you know, it, it worked one time and it didn't work second time, I must be doing it wrong. I don't even know if I'm saved. Right? But he said this, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice and take joy in this one truth that, that will not change. And this is a great truth that will not change, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because there's nobody that can take that out. Nobody that can re remove it. Nobody can change it. Nobody can alter it. I have the authority over that book because I am the Lamb. And that's such great news. And that, that gives me chills because I'm thinking, whoo, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and I take joy in that. And there's nothing that this earth can shake over that. There's no demon that can, that can rob it, steal it, take it away for the love of God and that my name in His book is a good news. And it's good news of the kingdom that I just say, when I say yes to Jesus, my name is in His book. It doesn't matter what this world throws at me. And it's going to throw a lot of stuff at me and come against me. He says that the, the violent are taking it. 
the violent, they're coming against it. And that's true even still to this day. But we rejoice. Hello? We take joy. And our position and our stance is joy. The joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. And from there we worship and we sing. And we preach. We teach. We baptize. We share. We love. We give. In fact, he says it's a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, there's when I, when I refer to the fruits of the Spirit, when Paul did, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and the like. In other words, there's a lot more. There's something that is, it, it's producing. Joy produces something. Joy is a product of the Holy Spirit. Hello? Joy is a product. It's been produced by walking in the Spirit. So let's just align ourselves. Let's say yes to joy. Hello? Anybody on board? I am. Let's pray. Father, somebody want to say something? Okay, let's pray. Father God, we're just so grateful and thankful that your life in us, empowered by the Holy Spirit inside of us, brings joy, brings true joy, authentic joy that becomes authentic, true strength. And that's what we need in these days and in this day and in this time. In these moments, you've placed us, you've positioned us perfectly as you see fit. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our captain. You are our commander. And there is no authority, no authority in heaven or on earth that is above you. And we stand on you. We believe in you. We rely on you. We sell out to you. Ha, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.